from CSG Studios high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there on the interwebs? That's right. We are back. After many months of being off, or maybe spring a couple break. Of weeks, nobody knows. But spring break with me as always, Ross. His from his glasses. Howdy, Martin. folks! Welcome to the podcast, the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, where the West lives. It lives on and on and on and on and on and on, even after a month-long spring break. Making his way all the way down here from Thornton, got a king himself, Jeff Morton. What's up, everybody? We're trying new things tonight. Howdy, Jeff. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? Um, so, how was everyone's uh, time off, so to speak? You're, oh, Ross, you're, so the, you're the family man. So, so relaxing. relaxing. So relaxing, let me tell you. It was just great, you know, to take a break from the pod, you know, kind of mourn the Nuggets season, and, and I'm already excited about next season for the Nuggets. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff, you know. I mean, just because it's the, you know, April, end of April, doesn't mean there aren't things to talk about with the Nuggets. I'm That's, sure we can do that. We could probably we'll find some stuff. Yeah. Nate, uh, uh, you went to Lake Tahoe I recently. Took an, I took an actual vacation. It was funny. My my uh, oldest sister, Amanda, was in Oakland for business. Yeah. So I flew to Oakland to meet her. We drove by Oracle Arena on the way up to Tahoe. She lives in Denver. She actually lives in Thornton, Jeff. Thornton. <laughs> so we, we drove up the four hours She's never to there. Tahoe to visit my other sister that lives up there. We drive by Oracle Arena, and I kept thinking, man, how cool it would be if the Warriors were in town and I could have caught a playoff game. You know, that would have been nice. They're actually in New Orleans, so that possibility was not. You know, on I the s- table. actually saw that on your, I think, Instagram or something like that, and uh, I was wondering about that. And I, and I was watching the uh, a Warriors playoff game. I said, I wonder if he's there. Yeah, but sure enough. My sister went out to some bar city. and they were giving away like shirts. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're from the 2014 playoffs. Oh, that's why they like, were giving a, them away. That's a year <laughs> late. That is a year late. Must have had some so, of those stored up somewhere from Kaiser Permanente. So uh, did you uh, see any celebrities in uh, Lake Tahoe? I know there's a bunch that live there. I mean, I might have seen like a professional snowboarder or something, but I don't know what they look like. Okay. No, I didn't got, see like no, Jack Nicholson. Of, though. No, got a lot of we zip. did see though the uh, the house where they filmed The Godfather. That's there. Oh, so that is actually in Lake Tahoe. Yeah, they showed it to me, and then I guess that's where they he took the boat out. You know, yeah, and then, uh, with Fredo. Fredo, yeah, they yeah. killed Fredo. So yeah, yeah, I did see a celebrity house. Who? The, the Godfather, Godfather house. house. Oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> I thought, in my I, I, home. Thought you were, I thought you were talking about an, uh, you know, a, in my home, a living actual celebrity. Where my wife sleeps, where my children come to play with their toys. Yes. That a house. A horse head. A horse. Um, well, that's good. Uh, so how long was the drive from Oakland to, to Lake Tahoe? Uh, like three and a half, four hours. Really? It was weird because we actually had some snow. Because, did you uh, take the highway or did you take a side road to get there? <laughs> took, old, uh, <laughs> took the 80 on up that way. To, to Tahoe is like on the border of Nevada and Congratulations, yeah. Jeff. Uh, <laughs> Correct. My sister lives on the Cali side, the expensive yes, side. Yes, and then the, yeah, and that you don't live, oh, okay, so she doesn't live on, all right. I guess what I, I have did no out opinion. The prettier, the prettier side is the Nevada side, though, isn't it? Uh, no. Um, actually, it could be. <laughs> They're both pretty much the same. <laughs> but I we think. did take the first day there. We The weather was pretty bad. It was raining, so we're like, what are we going to do? So we went and saw Fast and the Furious 7 in the North Star. 
How was it? It was amazing. I've heard. I've heard. It was good. They did a kind of a cool montage for Paul Walker after the movie. And they, uh. they did some special stuff at the end. Pretty sure that was like the CGI Paul Walker at the very end because it didn't look human, whatever it was. They did so, do some CGI, and I heard they used his brother as a stand-in for a few things. Yeah. John. John Walker. Johnny, How much Johnny of the movie Walker. had he Walker. filmed before he died? A, I think it's 60% chunk, chunk. Yeah. yeah. There were some parts like in the middle or the towards the beginning where it was like, oh, that looks like CGI Paul Walker, too. You know, Paul Walker was one of those guys that I had just assumed kind of disappeared into the oblivion of B and C list actors. Because the only time I'd really seen him in a movie was Varsity Blues and then Joyride. Yeah. And Joyride is one of those guilty pleasure movies that I love. I love that movie with Steve Zahn and I forget the girl's name in that. Like, is it Lily Sobieski? I don't know. And uh, have you seen the movie? No. Oh, it's so good. You got it. It's really good. It's like a horror movie. Is it the truck driver one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think and, it, maybe I have seen it. And I think the the voice of, uh, yeah, it's a good movie. It's well worth Nate it. Nate doesn't like horror movies. and uh, But it's a teen movie. I like movie. good horror movies. It's a I teen like, movie. I like so teen, you yeah. should. teen movies are right up my <laughs> You should like it. But then, but then I realized, you know, after he died, and I was a little, I was kind of, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, damn, Paul Walker died, Lance Harbour, I'm a little bummed out. And then I was like, whatever happened to that guy? And then I realized, oh, he's been in this franchise, this billion-dollar franchise for well over a decade, and I hadn't seen any of the movies. They well, did not a, one minute of one movie. They did a montage at the end where it showed him, you know, throughout the, throughout the series, so it has him, like, in the first one, and... You know, we really did grow up with Paul Walker. <laughs> this is long, tonic, kind of bleached hair. Tonic, yeah, it's man. definitely tonic. Anyway, um, but he had the kind of the long, curly, bleached hair and baby face, and you know, now he's got the short hair and the scruff, and well, he's now been battered he by life. Now he doesn't have like. Now he's got nothing. Now yeah. he's just a skeleton. But you know what? He died doing what he loved. <laughs> Driving. Um, but that's how we have to wonder too. I, I have done zero research on this. I wonder if he got into cars because of Fast and the Furious, or well, was he always a car guy? Probably always a car guy, right? I, I don't know. You Top Gear fans. I don't know if you know. necessarily have to be into cars to be in a movie like that. I mean, but he you, got you he died. Don't. What driving that Porsche? Yeah, that the test drive. Porsche, yeah. Some guy was driving or something. Porsche. Yeah. Well, so that's interesting. I I, I I don't know if you guys listen to the Adam Carolla podcast, but I do on occasion, and he just came out with a documentary about Paul Newman. And Paul Newman got into cars after he had done a movie about car racing, and then he went on to become a really great racer. So that yeah. could be that Paul Walker, I mean, he obviously didn't go into high school football after varsity blues. <laughs> right, yeah. That's true. <laughs> well, he did have the didn't. horrific knee injury, so I could have. Well, but, uh, yeah, that was probably it, actually. It's, yeah. it's, it's, he probably would have. It's funny, you know, you, you look at those and you think, oh, man. That guy's gone because you don't realize that they're a, part, they're a significant part of what you've... I mean, I never... I, I've yet to see a Fast and the Furious movie. I had not watched Well, they movie. are not good, Jeff. Yeah. My, so. Myself <laughs> and uh, former Nuggets PR intern Chris Smith actually went to see Fast and Furious 5. We were talking about so much at Pepsi no, Center. No, that like, was just called Fast 5. Yeah, I mean, come on. No. <laughs> it's like calling Sports Authority and Field anything but mile high. Oh, my God. You don't get me started on that. Um, it, there's, by the way, just real quick, there's... I just want to rehash this. There's no problem with naming it Sports Authority Field. That's fine. It's as bad as any other name, and at least they're based here. But all the red, all the red, and the red lights around, that just drives me up the wall. I know. But anyway, yeah. I digress. It's like the red light district. Jeff, Jeff what have you been up to? Um, I got <laughs> bombed <laughs> on <laughs> Sunday night, and <laughs> I paid. The, I mean, 
Sunday night? What are you re- reliving your twenties? It's a big night for us gays. He's anyway, reliving they, the nineteen twenties. Uh, <laughs> no, we went to we, we went to Charlie's. <laughs> we went to Charlie's on Colfax, and this will mean nothing to you guys, but uh, but it's it's and I met a whole bunch of friends there, and there's a, one particular friend of mine who, um, let's just say, likes to wait till I'm slightly inebriated, and then he just comes in for the kill. So like, you want a Jaeger bomb, man? I'm like, oh, that uh, kind of a kill. <laughs> okay. I mean, he was like taking advantage of you. Yeah, me Dang. too. I didn't say I didn't have it. But I, <laughs> no, that didn't double dip. <laughs> no, but it was it was just like he's the guy that wants because my friends like to see me insanely drunk, and it just had it just more and more. And I I I got home, and I thought I had lost my wallet. I I could but barely did. function. Did you when lose I got your wallet? The, no, I didn't. Oh, good. I didn't. I actually uh, had that was my own mistake. I had actually put it on where I usually put it, and it had fallen. But drunk Jeff obviously sees no wallet there and thinks he left it in the Uber cab that I took home. Always take Uber or a cab. I love Uber. Don't call Um, it Uber cab, though. Just Uber. Why not Uber cab? I don't like Uber cab. I like calling it Uber cab. Let's keep it away from the cab name. That's not classy. I like saying Uber cab. I kind of like Uber cab. I like Uber X. (laughs) Uber X is You shouldn't call it Uber X cab. Or you shouldn't call it Uber X. You should call it Fat Man in a Corolla. Yeah. <laughs> I got picked up in like a Subaru hatchback one time. I was like, what? This yeah. is Uber X, did huh? You t- did you send it away? Did you do the hand flippy thing? <laughs> no, no. The kid had G- like a, a, a school bag in the back seat. <laughs> me, and this, me and my buddy took it from downtown back to his place. I'm like, what in the world? This guy's got a school bag in I here? love it. You know, I'm thinking, I've been seriously considering being an Uber driver. Yeah. Really? I think it would be fun. You know, I've always had kind of a... I've always romanticized the cab driver. I know, right? me too. You know I always I mean? ask the guys in Vegas. We talk about when I'm out there for summer league and whatnot, and they always tell me, don't do it. They're like, you eat like crap, you're sitting down all day, you got to deal with drunks, but it seems like a pretty fun job. It's like, <laughs> pretty much describes my current job, I think, somehow. <laughs> I'm the, the drunk one. I don't know. As, as drunk as I was on, on uh, Sunday night, I'm not sure that that's a good idea. Because my, my behavior wasn't bad, but I was just, like, unresponsive to the, to the Uber driver on the way home. Just completely, it was horrible. I will never do that again. Because I am 36 years old, and I am too old to be drinking like that. That's, yes. That's, it's time to move on, Jeff. I, need, I mean, not move on as in die, but I mean, <laughs> it's, it's time to cross over. It's time over, to die, Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> but it's time for me to not drink like I am 21 okay. because I can't recover that way. But anyway, I had a great time. Maybe That's just a couple times a year, going. right? Like your annual Vegas trip. Yeah, and I, that, I should really reserve it for Vegas because, you know, you can act like an idiot there and there's not recriminations later, you know. I thought of a very good thing to say about Las Vegas the other night. And I think Vegas is a scam. Everybody, everybody says they love. Yeah. But, like, here's I figured out why it's a scam. Okay. Let me ask you guys a question. What would you say is the opposite of work? Play. Okay, play or maybe vacation. Vacation. Yeah, yeah vacation is the opposite of work. Can we yes. just agree that? Definitely. Okay, so whatever you do in your job, right, you, but you can figure out how much you get paid per hour, right? Maybe it's $5, 10 $15 an hour. Maybe it's $1,000 an hour, whatever it is. When you go to Vegas... It feels like a vacation because it's the opposite of work. And the reason why it's the opposite of work because, is because instead of making $100 an hour, you're actually paying $100 an hour when you're in Vegas. So that's why people think it's a vacation, but it's not a vacation. Las Vegas is a stressful place to be. 
It's not relaxing. You know what relaxing is? Going to Lake Tahoe and hanging out on the beach and falling into a sinkhole. That's vacation. <laughs> yeah. Going to Mexico, that's a vacation. Sitting on a boat, fishing, that's vacation. But Las Vegas is not vacation. People just think it's vacation because it's literally the opposite of work, meaning that instead of making money per hour, you are spending money per hour. And that's where people get tricked. Well, yeah, you're spending money and you're always doing something. And you're doing things that are <laughs> costing a lot of money. It's, you nothing. can't walk five feet without having to pull your goddamn wallet out and it give it to somebody for nothing. It's oh, absolutely the truth. You do not relax. and There's nothing it's not relaxing. relaxing. You are always on the go in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. You go, even when you go to the pool, you're like, can I get a pina colada? Like, yeah, 12 bucks. You're like, or 24 12? Where are you hanging out? Well, like, that's right. You're hanging uh, out with Jeff in like Vegas in the 1940s? <laughs> But yeah, you're like you're like give me like those the tall uh, you know bucket of bucket of Coronas. Oh, that'll be forty five dollars. Yeah, hey, for you what, haven't lived. That's Come not on. relaxing. You guys have not lived until you partied like it's nineteen twenty nine. That's right? true. I'm sure. I'm sure. Then fun. Vegas was awesome. It was yes. relaxing. But anyway, that was a, a, a small digression. There's been a few things you guys have brought up that that kind of uh, are perfect segues into something I wanted to talk to you guys about. Okay. One of them is you brought up Fast and the Furious, okay? Yeah. Right? So Fast and the Furious is one of those things. Now, and that kind of ties into something else I want to talk about, which is the NBA, okay. right? And Who are you, this, Bill Simmons right now? This. Pop the, culture the and third, NBA? The third thing I want to talk about is the NFL draft. Look at that. Tying this all oh, together. Oh, wow. Now, uh, Fast and the Furious. This represents something that I've told you. Paul Walker died. I was bummed out. It's Lance Harbour. It's the dude from Joyride. And then I thought he just went away into oblivion. Turns out he's part of this billion-dollar franchise. So after he died, I was like, you know what? Let's talk, watch a movie. Let's watch Fast Five, I think it was. I turned it on, and within, within three minutes, I had to turn it off. It, was, it wasn't even suitable for me to enjoy or to watch even half of the movie. It's not like you get through the first act and you're like, okay, I don't really buy the plot. It was literally like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I need to stop. Okay? Yeah. I think that so, unless you're a, f- a fan of the franchise, and I, it's really almost become, after the first one, it's become like a joke of a movie. I understand that, that yeah. there's some sort of like uh, they're in on the joke or, or whatever. Maybe. But then I watch the first one. I'm like, this is as stupid. The, the whole thing is so dumb. And, and so then, then there's that. Okay. Now, that's also the way I feel about the NBA. So recently... I, I don't know if anybody's seen on Twitter. I got Sling TV. Okay. Is that like Slingbox? It's not like Slingbox. It's extremely confusing. I don't know why they named it Sling TV. Everybody's like, yeah, you got the Slingbox. No, it's not the Slingbox. They sh- why they picked another <laughs> shitty product and named their is it the same product after it? No, I don't <laughs> think it is. Is so, one company so suing Dish, the other Dish company? Dish Network <laughs> o- it owns Sling TV. I think they might have owned the Slingbox, or I don't know. But they call it Sling TV, and it's a service you pay monthly. It's a really bad service. It's, I'll, I'll get to that. Dish Network, yeah. So Sling TV is a uh, monthly $20 a month fee, and you get access to quote-unquote live television. So it's yes. like a, an assortment, a subset of 20 channels that you would usually get on cable. Yeah. One of them is TNT. Yes. yes. Turner? Network television, maybe? Network television. Something like that? Yes. TBS? TBS is turning broadcast. You get TBS, too. You get TBS. You get ESPN. You get ESPN2. You get AMC. You get Food Network. You get a bunch of channels. You get Hibbo? No. Okay. You can. You have to pay more. Okay. Uh, But that's... I'll get into that later. 
So anyway. Quit interrupting So I have been like, all right, now I got TNT. I can come home from work. I can sit down, and, these, and the NBA playoffs are on, and they just happen to get going early, right? 40 games in 40 days. And I sit down, and I, I turn on the game, and literally within three minutes, I'm like, this is so goddamn boring. What I, series was it? What quarter was all it? All of them. The pretty much anything. All of them. Yeah. I turn it on. I couldn't tell you which ones, but I watch. And then I'll wait till the end of that game, and then I'll wait. Oh, the next game's on. Okay, and I'll put on that, and then I'm done. I'm going back to diners, drive-ins, and dives on Food Network with Guy Fieri, who I happen to think is one of the most obnoxious, annoying, and horrible person to look at ever. I'd rather watch that, that show than, watch, than, than watch NBA basketball. And, and this is playoff basketball, right? This that show always gets me to wander into my kitchen. Diners, <laughs> because <laughs> it's greasy fried food and you crave it. It, yeah. it is it is like watching the Food Network. I've been watching a lot of that lately and I do love guys like Bobby Flay and Alton Brown. I love these guys. Giada De Laurentiis. I love them. They are some of the most Interesting, compelling people, and also I probably have some sort of a food, a food disorder, a food thing, eating disorder. <laughs> so it's also kind of like, you know, s- scratching that itch as well. But anyway, is it called an eating disorder? <laughs> yeah, I think it's an eating disorder. I think that's only if you get skinnier because of food. No, no, no. If you no, get you fatter, yeah, it's no, also if you like, like if you like inhale food. I, I guess like in all is, hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I definitely have that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. I, I just want to know. And then the other thing is, and so I, I, I've, I've started to get very jealous of people that really like the NBA because I had dinner last week with Jeff and Adam Maris, one of the, you know, another writer for Denver Stiffs. And, and I was just sitting there like listening to you guys talk about the NBA and talk about all these players. And I, I honestly just don't understand what the appeal is. I, and I, I guess I would, I, I could be asked the same thing about the NFL, which is my, probably my favorite sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could defend the Masters golf tournament all day or any golf tournament. I love watching that. A lot of people think that's stupid. But can you guys just tell me, what is the big deal? Why, why is the, and, and it's not just local bloggers that like this. Like Grantland.com, the aforementioned Bill Simmons, his whole site is basically dedicated to the NBA. I mean, primarily, that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest sites in the world, and they focus heavily on the NBA. What's the deal? I, why, why is it interesting? Is it just because you guys like the sport? Or the is ultimate, it storylines? It's the actual ultimate sport. I mean, I understand basketball. I love the game of basketball. It's the, the NBA is the one sport where the eventual champion and the runner-up are the two best teams from that season. So is... is About 99% of the Is time. the whole season then just enjoyed through that lens of... Knowing what's going to be at the end, you're going like, to f- yeah, you're like, going to figure like, it out. I, I do think that I don't know about what, what we'll get to what Jeff thinks here in a second. I think that okay, so we watch these playoff games. The playoffs are such a different game than the regular season. I just don't see the importance. I, I see the importance of having an 82 game season. You have this marathon. You have the best teams go into the playoffs. Those best teams then get sorted out in the playoffs, and the best two teams play for the championship. Like I said, I believe 98, 99% of the time. You don't see a lot of flukes. You have seven-game series where you have the best teams, you know, bore out eventually. But the the playoffs are so different to me. You could go to like a 70-game or a 60-game or a 50-game season, have this tournament to where everyone plays a lot harder in the playoffs. So I get a little, I, I have, I get a little frustrated by that aspect. I have noticed that it's much more physical yeah. yes, than the regular season. Yes, the refs seem to swallow their whistles more. You see guys like 
you see fighting more. Like in the regular season, yes. you don't see a lot of guys like get confrontational. The playoffs, I've already seen, I don't know, four or five guys getting each other's faces, pushes. Which is kind of interesting when you compare it to hockey, too, because in hockey, the fighting goes away in the playoffs for the most part. <laughs> right. And they always talk about how much more intense the game is in hockey as far as the speed and the pace of play. But in the NBA, they always talk about how it slows down. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's the teams that are more uh, fundamentally sound, have the higher skill. They slow the game down. And you can tell, too, like just each, every possession, I feel like, is vastly important in the playoffs. Like You see the Pelicans and the Warriors series, and you're, you're watching a team like the Pelicans wasting shots in like the first quarter where you're like, why are you taking these shots? Like You need to actually... You need to score every time you have the ball. Like to me, it's just how many possessions are there in a in a NBA playoff game? Do we even know? I mean, is it fifty? Nah, it's a lot more. Than it's that. more. Is than it a hundred? Yeah, like a hundred per team, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. I, have to look. I mean, you're you're looking at yeah. You finish your thought. Nate. Yeah, I just I just think to me it's it's the ultimate game where in this first round, I admit this first round has it's been, been horrible. It's been bad. It's been. You know, I thought it was going to be a lot of seven-game series. I was excited, and it's been very lopsided and very bad. But I think the next round could be good. I don't know. But to me, it's just you, you really do see who the best team is. And it's you know sometimes it's kind of painful because you know who that best team is, like last year with Miami, and you kind of know who it could be. But this year, to me, it's like I don't know who the best team is. And even though I've gotten bored with some of these first-round series so far, I still find myself watching pretty much every game. So if there was one thing to kind of, if, if, for me, as somebody who hasn't watched the NBA really in since, I mean, 2004, I would say. You know, Kenyon Martin, Carmelo Anthony, those guys, Allen Iverson even, those yeah. years. Yeah. That's the last time I really watched on a regular basis and maybe that's the key is that you have to actually get all the regular season games and watch them and to get invested. But picking it up in the playoffs uh, like you can in college basketball and really enjoy it and be engaged, what would be the one thing you would recommend to me? And this might be a cheesy question, but I'm seriously wondering. If, if I'm going to watch it, go home tonight and watch a playoff game, is there a storyline I can pick up on? Uh, is there a something I can just kind of focus on, like maybe a matchup, like or what? Like, oh what, yeah, what, what do you think? You uh, yeah, if you go that. home and watch a game, watch the Spurs Clippers game uh, series, which has been really good. The only excellent series we've had the first round so far. But you have players on both of those teams, like Kawhi Leonard for the uh, San Antonio Spurs and Chris Paul for the uh, Los Angeles Clippers, who are playing at an unbelievably high level of basketball and it is a for me specifically a joy to watch because i like watching excellence but what about forget you what about me i would say too on on jeff's point when you're looking at like i'm watching the warriors game and ross this is this may not work for you is again because well if you're watching a lot of the regular season games you know like the main players but watching there was a warriors pelican game the other night where lando barbosa who you know had his heyday two thousand seven, two thousand eight with the Suns, and he comes out and plays brilliant for the Warriors. Maurice Speeds comes off the bench, and these guys have monster games that you know they come back and beat the Pelicans. And it's like they wouldn't have won that game, just like when the Broncos won the Super Bowl and they had uh, what's that punt returner, Darian Gordon. Darian Gordon. Remember how he would return a punt and get a touchdown? And you're like, holy shit, that might have just swung that entire game for the Broncos. Like that's kind of where the NBA comes in too. Is you have these role players that. 
you know, maybe they only play, maybe Barbosa only has one good game in the whole playoffs, and maybe the Warriors end up playing 30 playoff games, and he has one good game, but that was the reason that maybe they won the championship because, you know, I don't know. To me, there's there's little but, things you know, like Ross, that where you see special performances. Ross, before, before I could properly sell you on something, I need to know what you want. What are you expecting from it? What what is it you you yeah, are do you, do you like the uh, so uh, and to build on that? Do you like a seven game series or do you like the college format and the NFL format where it's like one game one and done? done? Well, certainly the college NCAA tournament is as fun as it gets. I mean, but I mean, I understand that's a unique situation. There's, got, there's twenty games in a day or, or whatever it is, thirty two games in a two-day period, however that works, um, and, you know, you, you watch a game end, and the games are quick, and the, and, and they're only 40 minutes long, right, and the guys are not um, as skilled, right, so clearly that 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 kind of uh, fosters an environment for upsets and seeing, you know, the whatever shit team maybe beat the perennial favorite, whatever it is, so I like that idea. Mm-hmm. The NBA seems pretty predictable over yep. the long term. I, I mean, I know it'll never happen. They certainly should go back to a five-game oh, uh, first-round series. I was thinking about this last night. I know they'll never do that because they never subtract games. Oh, I mean, yeah, games, yeah. especially playoff yeah. games, are money makers. Money. But I was thinking they could, you know what the NCAA did was they started a play-in round that is meaningless nobody cares about, and they call that the first round, which is stupid. They should not call it that. They should call it the play-in game mm-hmm. and then call the first round the first round. God damn it. But what they could do is they could do like a play-in series of three games and then keep that first round as five, right? So they could go back to a five-game series for the first round and then add in like a playoff, almost like a wild card round where you have a three-game series. So instead of taking two games out, you actually add a game to the playoff atmosphere and let some really marginal, call them nine, ten seeds, give them an opportunity to come in and get beat in the first round by whatever first seed is. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but then if they did that, then eventually they would turn that into a five-game series, and then they would eventually turn that into a seven-game well, yeah, series, and then we'd have yeah. the same It all garbage. adds. They, they, they all add. But yeah. that would be an interesting way to get around you know, not removing is adding like a three-game play-in series or even a one-game. Like, you know, in baseball, when they do a one-game playoff, wild is card. there anything better than that? Like when they have a tie for that wild card spot, the one-game playoff—that well, is the, the play-in game for the Rockies—is their most oh memorable God, game of all time. How amazing yeah. was that? Yeah, that was the night I fell in love with my wife. Really? Yeah. Rockies. Our whole, my entire relationship is based on the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> I got another. That's almost sad when you think about it. Another, uh, another aspect that I like um, about like boxing and even MMA, when you watch them on pay-per-view, there's no commercials, right? So right. when you go to like boxing, when there should be a commercial, they actually go to the corner and you get to hear what the trainer is saying to his fighter. You know, I want you to throw this left hand. Why aren't you doing this? You got to win this round. You're down. You really got to go out there, get a knockout. You're safely ahead. Run away. I wonder if the NBA, too, could maybe do that. I love the inside tracks that TNT does where they show you like a little bit of the huddles and they show you what the coach is saying or a player throughout the game. I wonder if they did more of that but did it like live, if there would be any value to that. Like, So you're seeing some of the 
inside aspect of the game where they go to the huddle and you hear the coach saying some I stuff. I think I have seen plays. a little bit of that. And they Maybe do. Maybe on a small scale. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, I see the coaches have uh, mics on their lapels a lot of the time. Yeah. Is that, that's just for after the game when they... Well, they'll do like... And TNT will do like inside tracks where they'll... During the third quarter, they'll show you like four different clips of what, let's say, Dallas's coach Rick Carlisle has said to his team. But none of it's like live. And I wonder if there would be any value to showing some of that stuff live to where you feel like you're a part of the strategy of that team. But then you wonder... You know, is it going to get a, a competitive edge to somebody if they're hearing this stuff? Well, you know, they do it well, with boxing all the time. It doesn't seem to affect Right now, anything. Milwaukee, after having one of the worst records in the NBA last year, is in the playoffs, and they just beat the Bulls twice in a row. It was looking like it was going to be a sweep, but they built, beat them twice in a row, and they could do what the Nuggets did in 1994 and force a seven-game series, which has only happened so it's three, three times now. in NBA history. It's three two now, and, and it's going back they, to Milwaukee tomorrow. Yeah, so or uh, Thursday. Thursday. I mean, that that would be great. It makes that one game a little more exciting. Mm-hmm. But don't you get the feeling that if the Bulls really want to win, they could win by fifteen? Yes, I, I mean, and that'll eventually happen, right? That yes. wouldn't if it was if, if, if it was on, a yes. game yes. five. Yeah, that would yeah, be different. I don't know. Maybe because right. it's like I, I, I don't think I think teams do want to dispose of other teams as soon as possible. Like you're not going to see I, the Bulls didn't lack effort in any of those games. They just lacked execution. And Derrick Rose can't shoot to save his life. But yes, and that, yeah, and you miss some shots. And but that to me, that's just what the game is about. Like you see superstar players, every everybody, every single player on the team increases their game a little bit. If they're winning, obviously you saw the Raptors just completely implode. No, that was terrible. And you see that too, but you got to see the Wizards really stepped up. Paul Pierce, mm-hmm. Otto Porter, the coach went to different strategies that worked. I think maybe you'd, you'd probably do have to enjoy the NBA playoffs as a byproduct of watching the entire season because you really do have to kind of know the personality of a team to see how they change in the postseason and to be able to appreciate who steps up in the postseason. So I think it is a harder sport to just turn on it's in the a, postseason and say, It's a six-month okay. commitment. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I, and I do remember that being the case when, when I was watching Nuggets games, you know, three times a week. Mm-hmm. You know, you, when you got to the playoffs and when the Nuggets were in the playoffs, you'd say, oh, I remember these guys. Did you get to watch and, a lot of Knicks back in the day? Like, because you were a Knicks fan, but you didn't see a, lot of, playoffs, a ton of Knicks to, games. Yeah, the playoffs. In, in the playoffs, I got to watch a lot of Knicks Same games. with the Bulls. Like, yeah. I didn't see a lot of even though they're on WGN, well, that was the I didn't see a lot funny of thing games. I always talk about is I had WGN inexplicably in 1992 or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, you could literally watch did, yeah. every single Bulls game, yeah. and I did for the most part. And you could watch every single Nuggets game, too, on like Channel 2 or, or whatever it was back yeah. then. So there is some of that. Now, are you saying that the second round was going to be better than the first round this year? I think so. The way are the all the games so. going to be on TNT? Better, better teams. Does TNT have the playoffs? TNT ads uh, will be on both TNT and ESPN. We'll have them. Oh, I got both those. And yeah. ABC. Well, I, I'm supposed to have both those. <laughs> yeah. Except Sling TV is a garbage <laughs> service. You know, we haven't done a, an, an incredible job of selling it to you because we already like it. And it's hard to kind of articulate something that you already like into something trying to expound on it. Well, at least it is for me because it's just it's something I like. Well, it's something that I, it's also, always been part I, of And I also life, enjoy, you know? like, I enjoy the NFL playoffs, too, and I enjoy the NFL season. You know, and it's like, you, to me, there's, there's something cool about a one-game playoff that the NFL has. Mm-hmm. But there's something where if the NBA went to a one-game series, 
I might not even watch it anymore because I just I, I don't feel like that's the fairest way to to find out who the champion is for an NBA. You're saying, yeah, I completely agree. And maybe a one game series would would be totally asinine. Maybe, I agree, but maybe a seven game series, at least in the first round, is equally as asinine. Well, I I, I was I hated it when they went to seven I mean, game it, series. It, it, it certainly assures that the higher seeds are the how do they call? It? Do they consider the one seed higher than the eight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's certainly because <laughs> you know <laughs> eight seed. is actually a bigger number. Yes, than, yeah, yeah. But uh, they, it certainly ensures that the the higher seed is going to win. Right. Right. I mean. Pretty much, it, 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 the, you know, it's it's Which the cream sp- always rises to a top in a series. It always does. Well, that's and what they always say too, over, like, the, over the long term thing. But yeah. shouldn't that be how it is in sports? Like, all right, so the Broncos, who they lose to in the playoffs this year? Uh, Colts. The Colts. So let's say the Broncos, if they played the Colts, if Denver plays a three game series, the Patriots. No, it was the Colts. Yeah, if Denver plays a three game series against the Colts, do they win two of those? Do they win one? Like, do they still lose? I just don't know in the NFL if you find out who the true champion is, but you do crown a Super Bowl champ. I just don't know if it's necessarily the best team. Better, and that part like that ties in exactly to my argument of why there shouldn't be instant replay in sports like basketball and baseball. And there's another because what people who seek out the absolute best, and the same thing with with uh, the, the NCAA college football, right? Is people want justice. They want the best team to win it all, right? And they want to look back and say, this was the best team. I prefer the ambiguity in it. I prefer it when refs make bad calls. That's life. That's, you know, just humans making errors. I prefer it that way. I would, I would much rather have uh, a game decided on a bad call than stopping the game every minute to review whether or not somebody's foot was on the line. And that's where some NBA games get ruined is in the last, you know, or if you're, in the last five minutes, or if you're watching the Spurs, when the Spurs go to this hacka whoever player hacka shack strategy, there's parts of the NBA game that drag. Like in the last minute, if you're down four, you're forced to like foul to try oh, to extend the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Happens in college this flagrant too. One flagrant two. No, yeah, the that's come on. That, this that is absurd. A, that's I mean, a that's by, ruining that's a, the game. That's a yeah. byproduct of the late '90s that then needs to end because the game doesn't is not like that anymore. And yeah. I, I, I I agree with you in that in that sense. And it's just the herky jerky kind of stop and start thing that really bogs down the game. And there's ways to improve the actual flow of the game that the NBA just hasn't even thought of at this point. They're not even looking well, at it. What's funny is that the NBA, over all the years that they've been making changes, they never thought just to enforce the original rules of basketball. And I've talked about that a Which lot. Which would be helpful. But, I mean, <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean? Like, enforce the carry. Yeah, it's en- traveling. It's okay. Enforce the travel. Like, yeah. But you know what? Now people who say that, but people like me... They, do the they get ridiculed for saying, oh, he traveled. Oh, my God, here we go with the guy, the travel guy. It's like, but he did. Yeah. He did. Here we go with the like, travel guy. Like that is a <laughs> fundamental aspect of the sport. Well, yeah. You must dribble the ball. Yeah. It's, and they're not. It's, it's part, it's, it, it, but it's what differentiates, I guess, the NBA from, say, I don't know, the, the Euro Leagues or something like that, because they tend to call them tighter out there. They but do? If you, yeah. Oh. But, uh, except, except for, changing except the, for the Euro basketball. They have guy. Sling TV Euro. <laughs> except, for, except for 
the, the, the travel thing you're talking about because there is the Eurostep, which is well, exactly the, which is the. I was know. reading an article not too long ago where they mentioned the Eurostep, yeah. and I'm like, I've never even heard of this. Yeah, that's the what extra, is the Eurostep? LeBron James, but it's, like, it's, it's not the it's not an extra step. It's, a, it's, it's just it's the way you step. It's actually yeah. smart. Yeah. It's actually a smart way to exploit the actual rules of basketball yeah. is take one step one direction and then the second step in another direction. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're driving, and that's smart. If you're driving straight towards the hoop and you pick up your dribble and you take a right step towards like the right block and then your left step brings you back left that's the euro and step. I, and i think that's great i think that's, and that's a, that is that, that really is but if it's, it's like innovation but if it's the third step that's no, the, the and they, and they, as you say it's two and a half steps you don't get two you get two and a half and, and whatever well i believe that kind of started you know it started in like with the jordan era to be honest with you but it, there a lot many jordan players, is a saint <laughs> many I, players were doing taking an extra step my you stepdad know. asked the other day, and I didn't know. I was like, we might have to look that up. He was like, I thought when you picked up your dribble and took two steps that you had to shoot the ball, that you couldn't pass it off. What? I was Who like, I don't, I don't know. No, no. You, we were you, talking about that the you, other day. You have to either shoot or pass. You can't dribble. Yeah. Um, Let's not get too bogged down the rules. I mean, we've been over them a million times. Everybody has. but Well, it, there's, a, there's a lot of different ways the NBA itself. You can, can take two steps, yeah. jump up, and call a timeout. <laughs> timeout. Right. I think I don't know if you're allowed. You can't be airborne going out of bounds and call timeouts. Yeah. Hell, yeah, you can. I don't believe what? you can. In the NBA, you can't. You can't do that anymore? Like if you grab the ball and you're falling out of bounds, well, on the, you can't call timeouts. You can't? On the Eurostep? Uh-uh. Did that change? Yeah. They changed that On the Eurostep, you have to shoot or pass. Oh, that's so disappointing. On, on the Eurostep, you, you can't come down with both feet. Well, of course that's not. A, that's a crowd. Of so course not. Obviously, I mean, you're, you're going been. to have to But you can call a timeout midair, right? I don't yeah. know. Can you? As long <laughs> as you're not falling out of bounds. If you have possession, it's yeah. diving out of bounds, calling a timeout, and you get the ball back. Yeah, that was cool. Instead, they'll just you throw it off some guy, and then they'll spend 10 minutes reviewing off which finger it glanced off of. Yeah. But anyway, all right, enough of that. So I get it. Uh, so next round, hopefully I'll be able to watch it on TNT. We I probably so. won't because I have Sling TV, and it's a garbage service. <laughs> Can I just go Sling into TV my, will not be a sponsor of the Colorado Sports I, No, Sports they certainly will never. <laughs> I mean, if they will, that'll change my opinion. I'm not joking, but they would never anyway. It's not even worth talking about. But so let me just tell you what the experience is like. For all those people out there who think they're going to buy Sling TV, yeah. do your seven-day thing, right? How do you even watch it? Does it go on your main TV? Yeah, main TV. It's through your uh, streaming device like a Roku or an Amazon Fire Stick, or an Apple TV, or your PlayStation, or your okay. Xbox, right? Yeah. Your internet-connected whatever. It, it just loads. It, you'll turn it on, and, and it, it's supposed to be live TV. That's the whole point of it. They're sports. That's the only reason why I want live TV. I can watch reruns of Food Next Food Network Star on Netflix. <laughs> and it works flawlessly. Are the I don't sports need to watch live? that live. Yes, the sports ESPN, ESPN. So, like, if live. you're watching on, like... A game cast like right now it's seventy six sixty six. Would yours be at like seventy four to sixty? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> it might be. So it it like, really could. I mean, I'm not. I mean, it definitely could be. You're falling on your phone. And in like, fact, it would, it would probably work better if they did that because then that would give them time Dude, to so figure it out. The other night, I'm rushing home and uh, I'm watching. I'm looking at my phone. I'm driving home from work. And uh, the Pelicans are up two with like three seconds left or something. Oh, I'm yeah. flying home and I'm like, I gotta get home. I gotta see what's gonna happen. And I'm looking at my phone. It's Pelicans are up three with I don't know six seconds or whatever the hell it is. And I'm like, shit, the Warriors can shoot threes. I gotta get home. I rush home, throw my car, like turn it off, run inside, turn on the game. 
And it's like, oh, we're going to be going overtime. And I'm like, shit. Like, I missed Steph Curry's three <laughs> by, like, three seconds. And I'm like, damn it. So I was trying to rewind. I couldn't see it. I had to watch it later on. But I was like, damn, like, that's how much I like watching the playoffs. Like, I was literally endangering other people's lives driving home <laughs> now, to try to watch this last second shot. I will say the exception to what I've been talking about is the Golden State Warriors. They are. That is an exciting team to watch. Yes, they are. I still don't think they have what it takes to win the whole thing. Hmm. I still don't think that they've. It, and maybe I'm just that. Hurts me to watch them play. And maybe it. Maybe yeah, it is. Maybe I'm just that ingrained into them, feeling like they're always riding this wave of ex, like exceptionalism, like good times. That that it could all come crashing down. Yeah. Uh, Steph Curry is a phenom. I'm obviously not the first person to say that, but it's unbelievable. For the, I mean, watching him the last couple of years, three years, I mean, he's just something very, very, it's very special. Just special, just special. Um, he, and it makes me a little bit sad. Especially when you consider that his ankles were so bad that it looked like he was an injury away from having to, like, retire almost. Yeah. Or could or be a completely different type of player. Yeah. And now he's, like, you could argue he's a top five, top three, top four player in the yes, league. Yes, he is, definitely. Not top one? You couldn't argue he's top one? Yeah, well, he's, he could be. I mean, the MVP I mean, you have year, LeBron James, and then you have Steph Curry, right? I mean, it's an argument between those two guys. James Harden, yeah, James Harden for sure. Got to throw but, Anthony Davis still into the mix. Russell Westbrook, but yeah, yeah, mainly. You're right. You're right. LeBron, Curry. So, Harden. all right. So now there's something else I want to talk to you guys about. Okay. Now, uh, have you guys been watching the Colorado Rockies? <laughs> I have <laughs> dabbled in pitch. a couple times. I I, I avoided the first. Several games because I I felt I was a bad luck thing if I if I could started watching them they would start losing I'm so sure I waited I'm sure the, the whole success of the <laughs> Rockies is on you it's a very the guy who doesn't even like the Rockies or baseball it, it, or it, it, no, I Jeff, Jeff oh, could yeah. actually go right for Purple Row actually you know what to. that's a good point you you are uh, uh, in the closet so to speak it's a closet as, baseball as, uh, as far as your love for the I Rockies would rather come out of the closet sex with my sexuality <laughs> than be come out of the closet as a baseball fan now, but no no you're right <laughs> uh, it is. Super gay, not a Rockies. <laughs> Wink. Um, but not until it's publicly acceptable. I actually, to be honest with you, I've enjoyed kind of what I've seen in this season. I haven't actually physically seen a lot of it, but from what I, the indications I'm getting, they seem to be. So let me tell you what's going on. Most people already know this. I haven't watched a single pitch. So you haven't watched a single pitch. Not well, right. let me tell you, it's it's. I don't uh, even know what channel Root Sports is. I don't have Root Sports. It's not a part of my Sling TV thing, and and that's a whole other issue. That it, I can't watch Nuggets games either because they got their stupid altitude thing. Remember when everything was simple? The secondary sports were on Channel Two, and the major sports were on one of the major networks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> remember the that? Nuggets were on Channel Two, and yeah. then four seven nine Cronky and goddamn. Whatever, they had to go make their own, whatever. But that's beside the point. <laughs> I wanted to make an analogy and a comparison for you guys over the current Colorado Rockies team and Nuggets teams of the recent past. Okay. What we have in, in, in the Rockies is we have a team that perhaps has some of the greatest talent right now in the major, league, major leagues. All players that can field and hit, yet they have glaring... Um, uh, gaps in their in their starting pitching, which I, I think everybody knows about, yeah. right? Yeah, it's very similar to what has been going on with the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Not this year. I think this year the team was garbage. Yeah, you guys probably yes. would agree. Stevie uh, pile of crap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two years ago it was garbage. 
three years ago, it was a lot of promise, but they had a good coach, right? So all all that. But they've always been lacking kind of like those superstars. I would think that the Rockies of this year probably not going to win the World Series. Uh, chances are they will not. They will not. Might not even make the playoffs. But they're equally as intriguing as those Nuggets teams were two or three years ago. I can see where you're going with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, just interesting guys, guys that play hard, guys that play their heart out. Uh, always Some pretty good two-way players. Two-way, yeah, it's like a lot of great two-way players. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, again, some of the best. You, you know, you look just at the infield of the Rockies. I mean, this Nolan Arenado is oh, amazing. I mean, I can't open up in a sports internet page without seeing highlights from this guy. Very similar to what we saw a few years ago with, with the Nuggets. What's he, a dh or? He's the DH, yeah. He's a designated hitter, yeah. Future designated hitter for Future, like the yeah, Yankees for, or for something. Yankees, yeah. <laughs> no, but he'll, he, I mean, he's the type of guy that could He's an go. amazing fielder. And, and, and here's what furthers my analogy. People have often said that the Colorado Rockies are like the farm team for other teams that are legitimate contenders. Yes. Correct. Can you tell me how many players from the Nuggets' last few years who are currently in the playoffs now? Mozgov with the Cavs, Mozgov. Brewer with the Rockets, J.R. Smith with the Cavs, uh, Ray Felton with the Ray Mavericks. Uh, isn't Costa Kufas uh, somewhere Costa in there? Costa Kufas with the Grizzlies. Isn't uh, Aaron Aflalo in there somewhere? Iguodala. Iguodala. I, I can't even hold my microphone anymore because so many fingers I'm holding up <laughs> to count them, right? Uh, oh, wow. Alonzo G. Alon- well, he doesn't, really he doesn't really count. Um, who else? I know there's more. So what I'm, my point is. There's a lot of them. So my point is is that. They become a farm team. They, they, the Nuggets have kind of become the farm team uh, become for the, the rest Rockies. of the NBA. Son of a bitch. They become the Rockies. <laughs> Podcast over. I quit. But let me tell you, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It kind of gives a little bit of credence to what the Nuggets' philosophy was over those years of bringing in guys that were talented, right? I mean, I, I, I said, easily, get rid of Mozgov, get rid of all these guys, get rid of Iguodala. Oh, wasn't Nene in the playoffs, too? Did we forget about Wizards, him? Wizards, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's at least ten. Nine or ten. Now, I, can one of you guys do a... Um, some sort of a blog post or article analyzing how many former players from former teams are on and see if the Nuggets are leading? Is that possible? Or is there too much, too many transactions in the NBA? To, I mean, the, t- the transactions in the I mean, NBA there's, there's, are numerous there's, and, and numerous There's and at least 10 former Nuggets over the past... I know an easy way to do that. I'll just send out an email to our SB Nation... Basketball may, channel. And maybe you should just let them listen to the in. podcast. Is there a team that has ten former players in the playoffs? Is that possible? Can't be. I mean, that's a lot, right? Um, or maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe it's not a lot. But I was. I've been like I said. I've been watching some of these playoff games, and I, I basically watch long enough to be like, oh, that guy. I think used to be on the Nuggets. <laughs> well, a couple of those guys. Like that were, crazy Costa Kufas guy that yeah. Nate loved. <laughs> uh, I was watching the game last night, and my mom goes, "Hey, Kufas." He looks balder. He does look like, balder. He is balder. He is balder. He doesn't realize. It. He still thinks people can't see all the way up there on top of his head. <laughs> Apparently not. He has no idea the camera looks the camera down on the he, he and Chris Kamen were, long, were battling for worst hair in the NBA, but I think Did you now see that, that came, beard that Kamen uh, grew? Lord. 
Oh, he's got like an 18 inch beard. And, by the way, and you know what else I noticed? A lot of those guys were not starting rotation guys either. Uh, Aflalo was, and then Aflalo he got was. injured. Okay, uh, is Nene a starting well, the only rotation guy? He was was because Wes Matthews. And then, got yeah, and then Nene, yeah, he's the starter guy. Mozgov is a main key, key and uh, which is pretty surprising to me. I will admit, I did not expect <laughs> that guy to be a key part of. He is any. the guy that made that team work. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. really is. So I stand corrected on <laughs> like that. I, one. Like I've said, Tim Conley should get consideration for Executive of the Year for helping Cleveland get way better. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and maybe Masai Ujiri, too, in, in some of those respects. Well, yeah, Nene's right? going to be in the. Nene's been in the playoffs the last two years. But I mean, so I'd like some. And Masai was that. in the playoffs. I mean, if you count executives. So here's back to my <laughs> point. Executives, yeah, good players over the years, good coaching over the years. The common denominator has been the ownership. Just another notch on the con side of the Benjamin Franklin chart. That says Nuggets <laughs> fans are screwed and Nuggets organization is screwed because the ownership is the plaything of uh, an entitled little brat who runs the team. It's not very little. I don't know if he's a brat, but a lot of people would say a lot a tall, of what you just a said. Tall, yeah. A lot of people <laughs> would call him entitled. But you know, it's it's it is one of those things where I What'd actually you get for your birthday this year, Jeff, from your dad? Uh, <laughs> the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> that is a that is a very good point, though. I mean, I think I think for myself, very concerned about Nuggets ownership, the direction they want to take the team, if they have the know how to get there. That's you know that's exactly what it was, and that's the same fear you have with the Rockies, right? As you go back to, okay, are the Rockies? Does their general manager suck? It was Dan O'Dowd that bad, or when, how handcuffed you, was he by the Monfords? When you look back. And I think the Rockies organization and their ownership have been given a bad and uh, inaccurate reputation. When you look back, going back 10, even more years, they were out there trying to bring in guys. They were spending the money, and it screwed them over because those guys flopped, right? Even like even guys Make, like Brett Saberhagen, Saberhagen and Pedro Estacio oh that That's they took a gamble way back. on. Yeah, Brett Saberhagen. Mike Hampton, Denny uh, Nagel, those are the guy famous after ones. guy after guy after guy that yeah. did not work out. But you can't say it was for lack of effort. And yeah. by the way, during that, they went to the goddamn World Series. And whoever yeah. the hell drafted that expansion team did a pretty good job. That's very true. You know, within two years, they were in the playoffs. That's true. And granted, that was uh, pretty extraordinary. But there's, a, there's something called confirmation bias. And I think owners operate under conf- confirmation bias. The, the Rockies for some, so suddenly were validated when they made that miraculous run to the World Series. You know, even though Dan O'Dowd, questionably, was borderline incompetent. We, we don't know. I don't agree with but, that. But, 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 but there's but part I don't two. even think borderline. I think the, nuggets, the Nuggets went to the Western Conference Finals the year that they shed $20 million of salary just... Just, just wanting to get rid of the salary because they didn't want to pay the tax anymore. Then they go to the Western Conference Finals, and it's like confirmation virus. We can operate this way. So that's <laughs> a, that. That makes sense for the but Nuggets. Was, doesn't make sense for the the Rockies. The Rockies doesn't. Okay. Well, to add on to Jeff's point, to add on to Jeff's point too, when the Nuggets got rid of Marcus Camby, a lot of people saw that as a bad sign. I thought it was outstanding. I thought Camby was a guy that hunted blocks and hunted rebounds. And looks for his shot on offense too much. Well, he made their defense worse. Yeah, when he left, and he won I was defensive like, players of the year, player a, of the year. Though. <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. That was addition by subtraction. When they traded Chauncey Billups, or when they traded for Chauncey and 
got rid of Iverson, I was me and my buddy Rich. I remember to this day, we're like the only guys in town that I could see that were like, "This is awesome! We got a real point guard." No, 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 you weren't no, the only I guy. That. that was that was a great yeah. trade. But you there was a championship guy. Yeah, and there was championship pedigree. So ownership sees it as, oh, hey, look, we shed some payroll and we are still able to get this far. That's all we have to do again. But then you're looking at what they did and you're saying, no, they actually got rid of bad players and brought in better players that just were making less money, you know? Which is a great idea. And and this is what you really want to do. But, you know, and, and the Nuggets wanted to have Antonio McDice brought back on that trade but he didn't want to be here so obviously horses for courses but i think that there wait, wait, is what a, horses for courses i've never you've I'm never heard that expression that. before i'm not going to explain it because it'll make me seem old um <laughs> <laughs> explaining <laughs> it makes you seem old but using it just makes you seem like a hipster using it yeah it's either something that's very futuristic or very outdated oh it's extremely outdated and british horses so <laughs> oh if it's british i'm in i love british people but it's it's what's you could you could make that analogy like it's cut you know like we can operate this way all the time now, which in the NBA it's never been true, but it, you could you know in the baseball it's different because there's no cap, so there's no reason for you to spend money or or take away money. It's just there's no cap there. So um, I think so there there's no is, excuses. There's no literally there's like, but there is actual there's money revenue versus. Yeah. But, the, but again, you're looking at you're looking at you're looking at dollar signs, which is the way owners like to operate teams. But you have to actually look at the players. You know, when you're looking at the actual players involved in these moves in these circumstances, it was good players that you added to teams. It wasn't that you cut salary. Even in baseball, when you don't have a salary cap, it's like you can't be the Yankees and spend, you know, two hundred million on a roster, and you're not going to win. You can't just throw money at problems and expect it to like you can't yeah, right. right? Yeah, exactly. So then, that, so then money let's go back. Money so doesn't mean you're good. Let's defend. You know? Let's defend the uh, the the Cronkies or Josh Cronkie in particular. Let's defend him for a second and say, you know what? Maybe he fired George Carl, and maybe that was a wise choice. And let's just assume that was a wise choice and move on to the next. Has he been let down by his players the same way Dan O'Dowd was let down by all those high-dollar players they brought in? And namely, I guess you would say guys like Ty Lawson and Danilo Gallinari. Ty Lawson never really lived up to potential. Gallinari was injured, injured all the time, right? And then you can throw in other guys all you want uh, as far as like maybe the big men, but, but those two are kind of like... It's kind of funny, though. We look at Ty, and you say he didn't live up to expectations. But he the, played very well. The 18th pick in the draft, you know, he he certainly wasn't the best player in college basketball when he was at North Carolina. So I think his expectations... I think he surpassed expectations. You do. You do. Yeah. I mean, he's a fringe all-star player, but the reason you, you, know, you see him in the NBA, you see the speed he plays with, and you start thinking... Okay, maybe he should be better. I think I think the first few years of his career he surpassed expectations. I think the last two years he underwhelmed, but it might be because of the coaching and what he was asked to do. But okay. his shooting has, keeps going down. Okay, so he's now a, I'm never real... I'm never the one to get into this side of the NBA, which is unfortunately one of the big parts of the NBA. Is but is Ty Lawson getting paid comparable to other guys with his production? Oh, he's got a very good contract, I think. I so he's better, he's getting a little. A he's yeah, he's overpaid, yeah, but not 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 vastly overpaid. It's, I don't think no. I think he's I think he's. 
perfectly paid. No, JaVale McGee so was overpaid. Drastic. But, uh, <laughs> I think Ty's yeah. properly paid. I think I really think he is. I Maybe think it's underpaid. A good contract. Yeah. You might be able to argue. You could argue you that. Could argue I mean, it's under. Really? Yeah. I think so. Okay. So then it's not Ty Lawson. All right. That's a good I think I mean, to, to be to be 100% honest, the last two years, we've had a – where the ownership misstepped with themselves, and I think they deluded themselves into thinking that every player fits every kind of way of playing. And I think that there are – and the NBA has become so specialized that you really have to have a certain type of way of, of approach and play in order for a certain group of players to play the way you want them to at that level. And it's it's I think they're the square peg round hole aspect of the Nuggets the last couple of years. But you also have hurt to say them. Be, too. You know, it's like someone made the analogy. Josh Kroenke wanted the Pacers when everyone else wanted to be the Warriors and the Spurs. And I think that probably because they had a roster was more suited to be the Warriors and the Spurs, not with that level of talent, but to play that way. And they wanted to play like the Pacers, which was very slow, sludgy, you know, get it into the post, that sort of thing. Very 90s basketball. And it was never going to work. And it, they fell on their face. And it looked, the product looked horrible. Just looked awful. And then the players summarily quit, basically. You could also, you could also argue the fact that Denver, one due to injury, they were never able to replace off that 57-win team. They never replaced Gallo because he was injured. So they had to try to replace him with Wilson Chandler, who went through kind of an injury plague season, and he's not really the same level of player as Gallo. And also, the Nuggets never replaced, for better or worse, Andre Godala. I mean, that was a huge hole that was left. That too. Yep. I mean, because he was a guy that was a great two-way player. Uh, eh, let me rephrase that. Not so much anymore. Really good defender. Was okay on offense, but he really made the Nuggets when they had that 57-win season. And you're seeing it now with... Uh, when the Pelicans went to a smaller lineup with Anthony Davis at center, what the Warriors were able to do, uh, what the Wizards did, what the Hawks can do, and what uh, Brooklyn is doing is a lot of these teams are able to switch on defense, and that's something that George Carl loved to do. You could switch Iguodala, Chandler, uh, Gallo, and Fareed. All those guys could switch on defense, and you just you had no you couldn't exploit any matchups against that Nuggets team really, you know, until they got hurt. So I, I think there's. There's been some circumstances in Denver outside of just saying, well, ownership fucked up, uh, the coach sucked, and the players didn't do very well. I think there's other circumstances that people are ignoring that are they're just willing to say, uh, you got to play through that because injuries happen. Everybody loses guys in free agency, but I think those things played a bigger role than people were. Well, they desperately well, will, wanted Iguodala back. Desperately. I will say this. I will say the winds will change, and they have already started to change, that are going to be anti cronky and I'm convinced now that it's not all his fault, based on you guys intelligently analyzing it. But I and but if but they, he has missteps as well. They do have, and and, and by the way, that's won't. acceptable. I mean, it's a high risk game they're playing, right? And I mean, and Josh Kroenke really is coming into this with, I mean, zero experience in the job that he was appointed to. You know, president of basketball operations. I mean, he didn't. Ha- he doesn't have a long history of working in the NBA. He's been around by it a the way, little bit. And by the way, who's to say that someone with experience is necessarily much better than people without experience? Right. I, I mean, but but so here's well, you my find saying: your is, legs what, at some point. is that this city will turn on him very quickly if if we get another season like this one, and just like they turned on the Rockies ownership, and I think it would probably be equally 
not fair. Well, I'd say, Maybe. too, Jeff, do you think that where would you rank this offseason for the Nuggets in terms of importance? Oh, one of the most important. They are at basically the crossroads now because they can either get really bad or they can start to improve. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Before we talk about the NFL draft for an hour. <laughs> What, what do they do? Is the, is the draft thing a thing? Uh, two drafts, drafts, the coach, gonna... and the draft. It's, and, it's... And, and we all agree Melvin Hunt's not going to be around next year. What do you want to start with, coach or the draft? We'll go with the coach. <laughs> we'll It'll start be with a quick coach? conversation. Okay, Melvin Nate, Hunt's gone, the coach, and then we got somebody else. Right? I was just going to say, I don't, I don't know how you hire a coach before you know like what you want to do in the offseason. Like, so really? Many, there's so many... You don't hire the coach to direct what you do in the offseason? I don't know. I, 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 that's the hard argument is, you know, depending on who you hire as coach. Either way, it's chicken and the egg. you got to do something, you know. I don't know what to do with coach. I, I tend to think that I would like to see them take another chance on somebody. Is that like Melvin Hunt? Melvin Hunt, a college coach, somebody that is still young enough to have, you know, a ceiling and that can grow with the team and be around for – you know, Doug Moe and, and George Carl were the longest tenured coaches, I think, in Nuggets history. Yes. Nine, ten years, something yeah. like that. That's, I mean, that's where you're looking at. In between Doug Moe and George Carl, I think the Nuggets had 11 different head coaches. Wow. So it's going to take, you know, now they've had wow. <laughs> now they've had Brian Shaw, now they've had Melvin Hunt. You know, that's two. How many is it going to take before they find another George Carl, another Doug Moe? Here's what I think they do. I think they go out and find the best coach available that they can afford, right? Put them in there, somebody with credibility, somebody that has some, some uh, moxie, somebody has a pedigree. Bring him in here, a true leader, right? Really, what you need is a George Carl guy, frankly. That's, um, that's basically who the Nuggets were George's and then, last and you don't even, years was George Carl's team. And yeah. you don't have to let that person be the GM. You can still do the personnel decisions, yeah. but just don't let these guys quit because it's really hard to tell what you have from a player personnel standpoint, if they're not trying their best. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they've got to get some guys in there that have a little bit of um, understand a little bit, some of the just ego management type stuff. Get a guy in there who's, no, who's good at managing people. What happens on the court is not as much what the coach has to deal with. The coach doesn't have to be the X's and O's guys. You know, you have, you have assistant coaches for all that. You have that. You just need a guy who can be up there and be a calming influence and a, and a supporting influence. Is there a guy out there right now? No, but I do think I that... Not know. Van Gundy guy. I do not think him, in the right? NBA no. that He's you're, like the opposite of that, right? Yes. You're talking, Ross, the way you describe the head coach, I think, is more an NFL style, where in the NBA, your head coach has so. to be pretty good at X's No, no, think about Phil Jackson. Yeah, I mean, he did. He incorporated. He had Tex Winter on I mean, his staff to help him incorporate the I triangle, mean, and that got taught. Down. There are guys out there that, I mean, of course, the head coach has to be has to understand how the game works, but he doesn't have to be the guy that's that's running that side of things. He needs to be more of a because the I mean, a, the best coach man. in basketball really is Steve Kerr, and he is kind of known as delegating to both Ron Adams for defense and Alvin Gentry for offense. And he's kind of the guy that holds it all together, which is what you're describing. That should so be the guy that you want. Well, you need you need a guy who's like got great assistance. Brian Shaw, I will say this in his defense, did not have great assistance. Other and one than of those Melvin not Hunt. great assistants is the head coach. Oh, okay. Other than Melvin Hunt, <laughs> the two who, guys that followed Shaw out the door followed him out the door for a reason because they were not good. And Lester they were Chris part Hall. of the problem. And 
I think that if you you need to have that backbone because you need to have a great a, a coach who has moxie. You need the and old you need man. have you need to have the guys who can yeah. be the X's and O's guys because quite frankly in the in the uh, in the NBA you really need someone other than the coach bashing something into you about what you need to be doing on on offense and defense. And I completely agree with you there. Um, as far as a coach that has the gravitas, so to speak, for that. I don't know if there's anyone really out there that well, I, if I, I can, was, can command respect. If like I that, was you know? Josh Kroenke and Tim Connolly looking for that guy, those are the attributes I would look for. Yeah, I don't know if they come from a college guy. College guys are so involved, X's and O's. They're in the huddle, running up. They out tend of to be control ways. freaks. That's you know that's not what the NBA game is about. The guys should know what they need to do by the time they get to the NBA. But you need that guy who has the swagger and the type of people that. That the players want to please. You need that type of guy that the players want to please. Is that not Melvin Hunt to some degree? I mean, isn't he a guy that's kind I of... I think they love Melvin. Do they love him like an uncle, or do they do they respect him as a, as a boss? Melvin is very that's good my question. at putting yeah. a, a good face on criticism. Uh, he, he would really get on the guys. Be really tough with them. But he was very positive at the same time. Not many people have that Critic- ability. It's called criticism cheeseburger. Yeah, you yeah. give a you give a praise, then a, then a criticism, then a praise. Is yes, that what he does? Exactly. He's <laughs> very talked good about that. that on the podcast. Before, <laughs> I believe we did. Uh, yeah, and he's very really. good at that. And Melvin, Melvin, I like, and I hope he gets the job personally. Well, I, if, uh, if anything, he's at least a you know a stopgap for the next year. I I, I don't see him. In, and that's where I loved where Adam Maris pointed out one time. He said, you know. If you get if you do if you do something like Melvin, open the pocketbook and bring in some assistants that can really help him out that have a lot of experience, like Ron Adams, Alvin Gentry, those kind of guys. People who can Chauncey speak Billups. and is an Chauncey, assistant. Uh, an assistant? No, he seems to like the limelight of being either a GM or a head coach. Hmm. I don't think he'd be a head coach, but I think he would love to be a GM. Yeah, um, and. Quite frankly, yeah, it's not happening in Denver right now. But I think that there is a a way you can do this. Okay, like the draft. Okay, we, you, you, this was a two-part question. You want to talk about the draft, too. Yeah. The Move dra- it to the draft. The Jeff dr- loves the draft, by the way. He the is, NBA draft? I've been seeing the comment section. He knows all these it's, prospects. It's way more exciting than the NFL draft. Oh, it's 25 yeah. times more exciting than the NFL draft. Which is, and I still which love is, the NFL draft. The NFL draft is now become the NFL just doing a just a slow jerk on a table. That's basically <laughs> what You know what, doing. though? So Bill Simmons has been proposing <laughs> that the NBA go to a two-draft night. You have the NBA lottery one night, and then you come back for the second night, and you have the rest of the draft. Of course, that's what I Bill Simmons would propose. But I wouldn't mind it because you brought up a good point of you're trying to talk about the prospect, like Andrew Wiggins gets drafted number one. You only have like a minute and a half to show highlights and talk about him, get a small interview with him, boom, next pick. It'd be kind of cool if they spaced it out because you could get more commentary if you care about the draft, but does that then ruin the draft, but, but which the it N- has done to the NFL? NBA draft is two rounds. The first round and only we'll the top. we to that in a second. Only ahead, the Jeff. top half of the first round really matters. Okay. The NFL it's kind of hard to stress has that out, never it? been more popular than it is now. That's right. From a, a, a spectator viewpoint, I would argue that all these people are idiots. Me too. I've completely <laughs> fallen off. I, I I mentioned earlier. I wish I loved the NBA. I really do. I wish I loved the NFL draft. I wish I enjoyed it. It's I boring. don't. It I wouldn't so even make it to the first boring. pick. The clock would go on, and then 
10 seconds into it, I would, I would be on to watching the next Food Network star on Food Network. <laughs> stay on, stay on <laughs> so point. Was was go back, Jeff, yeah. stay on point what you're talking oh, about. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry to interrupt. The Nuggets. I, talk about Alton Brown. <laughs> I don't think the Nuggets need to hit this out of the ballpark, so to speak, because they're in a kind of a weird position in right at number seven where they're slated, unless they win the lottery or at least get the top three pick, which is the chances are small, but it's always a possibility. So obviously, if they did that, that's going to change everything dramatically. But at the where they're at right now, if they stay there, you're not necessarily looking at guys who get all the pub for being that game-changing guy. It's seven? You kind of like counting on him. You this mean is, like it, this year? It's, it's great. Or just in general? Just just in general, but I mean, unless it's a really deep, deep draft. Now, this draft, I think right after eight, it falls down dramatically as far as talent goes. So the Nuggets are kind of in that sweet spot right now. Um, I don't necessarily think they quote a need to knock it out of the park, but I think they need to get someone who's going to be on the roster did for you, a long time. Did you tweet out something about the Nuggets drafting some guy named Mario, Mario and I'm Zonia. not talking about uh, a guy with the last name of Van Peebles. No. I'm talking about a guy with the last name of Mar- like, Mario Hezonia. Like, uh, yeah, he actually, I thought about you because Mario Van Peebles directed I was wondering. I was wondering if he was from the projects of Croatia. <laughs> well, well, that would be interesting. But A project he, player from the project. He uh, impresses I you know, Nate could speak to this well, too. I, I, he impresses me as far as someone who's got like one of those like st- he's got some stunning moves, and he's got a lot of intense. I would describe it athleticism. Other Italians or something? No, this is no. The, he's like legit. He's like Zach. Le- to me, he reminds me the of most Zach of Levine. Zach Levine that I've seen out of yeah. anybody in this draft, and that's to me exactly what I want the Nuggets to draft. It's somebody that has potential to be a boom. It has the potential, I think, to be a star, maybe a superstar. First year. In the first year, maybe he can be a – I don't know. Maybe he's a Is starter in the first year. I think he could start. Pick? Yeah, he could. Okay. I think he could start I like two. him a lot. Uh, he's. I think he should start it, too, if that was a guy that Denver drafted. I think six, whoever Denver drafts six seven, eight. I think whoever they draft six, seven should start. And he's a small forward. Uh, he actually plays shooting two. guard. He's a shooting two? guard. Yeah. Which is – what Which Denver a, needs, and the, nu- the Nuggets but. need length, and they need athleticism, and they've got he's got both, and that's why I really like him. And of course, if, well, you're if go he's the available top, at seven, they're getting him, right? I, I, I hope so. Where's he from? Croatia. Croatia. Yeah, he him. plays for Barcelona. Barcelona, um, but I, I like him. Oh, he's he's uh, okay. Gotcha. How old is he? Nineteen. Nineteen. All right. So I really like that, and I like it for the, all the potential, like really good lineups. That but they can't be because of it. But they don't have to hit the pick out of the park. But they have to find a guy that starts for the team for the next five, six years. It has to be at least someone who contributes and contributes in a good way, a positive, and you know, kind of like well, they hit that with Nurkic this last year. He had his ups and downs, but you could see where he's going. Uh, they need another player, but what's Mario's but better last name? Than him, uh, Hezonia. So we're going to have Nurkic, Hazonia, Gallinari, Laverne, Jokic. Jeez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <trade>. great. <laughs> yeah. But that's the other thing, too, is what, what me and Jeff were talking about. Uh, they call him Super Mario. They, the Americans can latch onto that. <laughs> yeah. But something me and Jeff have been talking about is, okay, let's say that you know the Nuggets, you don't know what's going to happen. May 19th is a lottery. Maybe they move into the lottery. Maybe they don't. If they don't move into the top three, they keep the seventh pick. Maybe they can trade, like, you know, 
a lot of people wanted him to trade Ty Lawson and Kenneth Reed. Maybe they can trade those two guys to move up into the you know the top five of this and maybe come away with two picks while still keep it. I think that they should keep the seventh pick no matter what. And I think you draft there. I think you try to move up using other players and maybe maybe even use that Knicks pick because I don't know what's going to happen with the Knicks in the offseason. Maybe that would be really stupid. Yeah, but be. I think it would almost be worth it because I, I do think the Nuggets have a level of interest in a point guard in this draft, whether it's Emmanuel Moutier or D'Angelo Russell. I think that there's a level of interest from the team in those guys, and they can't get them at seven. So I think they might want to move up to try to get one of those guys yeah. if they could. Yeah. But. I don't know. It's interesting because there's, it's a pretty, you know, pretty good draft for the top ten. Like Jeff was saying, you know, you get top six, top seven. You're pretty in a pretty good position. So yeah, and, and really from everything I've seen, after eight, it pretty much just cliffs. But, and, but it, the, the NBA draft tends to be that way, except for 2013 draft, which was dreadful. But I mean, there there is other than that, most of the drafts you're going to get top three heavy. This is a good draft that all the way down to eight. I really do. And I'd really rather see him that. go younger, like like trade Lawson, and go in a different direction with bigger players. You know, if you could get, if you could add D'Angelo Russell and Mario Hazonia, like that would be incredible to me. And I wouldn't mind the Nuggets taking a couple steps back, getting younger, retooling with different players in order to build back up again. Yeah, I mean because it can't. I mean, there it can get worse than this season, but not really. I mean, it's that was pretty bad, right? Yeah. I mean, what I mean, what if they come in next year and they have D'Angelo Russell, Mario, uh, start? I don't know. Will Barton at the three, Gallo at the four, Nurkic at five, bring Chandler off the bench. Like that to me is a pretty intriguing team. All things are forgiven if they're fun to watch and they hard, play hard. Yeah. Frankly, um, same and thing that's going on with the Rockies right not. now. Nobody thinks the Rockies are going to go deep into the playoffs this year. But they're goddamn fun to watch, and people can yeah. people can sniff a loser. Fans probably deserve more credit than I give them. Um, people can tell when you're not giving the effort. People can tell when you are quitting. And to be honest with you, that would contributed to the Nuggets problems this year. So and I think I, some of that too goes towards towards ownership and front office. People can tell when you're you know hesitating to make moves for whatever reason. Like people really don't want to see the same Nuggets team. From, the, from what I've gathered, most people don't want to see the team that played for Melvin Hunt come into this next season. They want to see some changes. Mainly, Ty Lawson and Kenneth Fareed have been taking a ton of heat, and maybe me and Jeff uh, and other guys on our site have helped maybe steamroll that a little bit with talking about how we think Lawson's going to be traded, but that's just the feeling I get. And I, I, people I seem just, okay with it. It's That's the feeling I get, too. I think Fareed's probably more likely to stay, but... I mean, Ty had an Instagram incident this 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 week that uh, I think he would like to take back. Why do you um, think you'd like to take it back? I mean, he did not. delete the post. <laughs> he did delete the post. <laughs> yeah. um, he said, I wish, right? Someone on his Instagram says, you should come to Dallas. You know, I want to pay, pair you with, we need you for your defense. And that's where I'm like, well, this guy's not exactly... Uh, Hasn't and really by the way, that Dallas fan, does he realize his team is in the playoffs right now? <laughs> yeah. So I want you for your defense. Or they were as, with, of, as of 20 minutes ago. I want you to put you with Dirk and Chandler Parsons. Oh, yeah, they're still in the playoffs. Yep, they're playing right now. For another four and a half minutes. And uh, Ty said, I wish. He just said how he responded to him, I wish. And it yeah. had nothing, there was no word about playoffs. You know there. who else said, I wish? Skilo. <laughs> what that do for him? A little him? bit taller. And you know that's kind of funny because a couple. I feel like that should have gotten more of a laugh. What I just said. a few a few uh, years press ago. The, press the crowd, crowd applause <laughs> oh, yeah. button. Yeah. 
So a few years ago, I remember uh, Wilson Chandler was having a, I believe, a Twitter conversation with somebody, and I think that the kid had asked him something like, well, if you don't want to be here, why don't you ask to be traded or something? And Chandler responded and said something like, already did that or did that or something like that. And it was like, I wrote a story about it because I was like, wow, it looks like he just told that kid that he requested to be traded to the, by the Nuggets. So it was another thing where, you know, even if a player does indicate that they may want out, the team may just be like, well, fuck you, you're under contract. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, and by the way, Ty Lawson also could have said, could have been saying, yeah, I wish I was down in Dallas this tonight partying with you guys when right now I'm wherever I am. I mean, it doesn't mean he meant I wish I was on that team. But it probably did. Uh, yeah, it could have meant other things. It could <laughs> it have. Uh, <laughs> but there's, I mean, been, there's not a lot of wiggle room with that. <laughs> and there's but been and it's been building all season. You know, you've seen kind of some lackluster performances out of tie. The DUI, obviously, the missing the flight back from Vegas. So there's been kind of a building something coming, and it's is it going to happen? We'll see. We'll find out what the Nuggets do this off season. We shall find out. All well, right, on that well. note, let's wrap this up. All right, guys. Real quick, and let's just say uh, Nuggets offseason, interesting. The NFL draft, not interesting. Uh, Sling TV, horrible. <laughs> Don't get it. I mean, try it. Who knows? To summarize. You know what they did? They sent me a tweet. I was tweeting all these horrible things out about Sling TV. And then after, like, two weeks, they texted me or twi- tweeted me, sorry, you're having such a problem. Tell me, wh- what device were you watching it on? Did it only happen on this channel? Blah, 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 yeah. blah. Comcast like, tweeted me something once when I complained that they don't have NBA League Pass in HD. And that it was like they said something like, we're looking into it. And then they tweeted me like a week later and said, hey, is your Comcast service still performing okay? And I was like, no, you bastards. I want HD. <laughs> yeah, and by the way. <laughs> it has nothing to and, do and, with that. And I would just say this to See, I got TV, DirecTV, Dish I don't Network have or whatever, <laughs> DirecTV. Don't let your first paying customers work out all the bugs for you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's Don't a, send me a to-do list. You know how many things I have to-do list just dealing with things I've bought pe- from people, yeah. whether it's airlines or well, You're still trying or, to figure out how to change diapers for guys. Oh, sense. my God. <laughs> to never you know what I will say about diapers? They always work. It's good. And I don't have to troubleshoot it with some idiot on Twitter <laughs> when I already know the whole problem is your service sucks. Some moron on Twitter. <laughs> but, right, I, but other than that, Netflix is working great. There you go. See, the old Still. reliable. Watched any good Netflix ones? Bloodline. You guys watch that? Oh, yeah, I just finished it. It's outstanding. Oh, oh so I, got, I got one for you guys. So it, good. It's called The Code. Uh, it's an Australian uh, show. It On is Netflix? Amazing. Netflix? Yes. Six episodes. Watch right, it. I'll like, check it. Now. Check it's it. I was watching amazing. Wentworth, too. What's that one called again? Wentworth. Broadchurch. What was that show called? The Code. The Code. The Code, yeah. yeah. All right, I'll check it out. Oh, I'm watching Dig. Not that good. I can't remember what the show is. Ricky Gervais's show, though, on uh, Derek? Netflix. Derek. Derek. Outstanding. I didn't like it. Oh, didn't my like God. It? I cried a few times. I laughed. I didn't like Whew. it. Man, I that's a good one. Tug at the heartstrings. You, how many episodes did you watch? Half of one. Half of one? Yeah, yeah. you got to give that one at least three episodes. It's heart, too heartwarming. Is it funny? Is the, guy, is the guy developmentally disabled? Are they making fun of him? I don't know. No. I can't tell they're making fun no, of him. No, he's a good or? guy. It shows that like you should live your life like him, man. Just care about people. And I'm not a big fan of Rich, Ricky Gervais either, so that's another thing. I wasn't either. Oh, really? I yeah. can't get past that. Whatever. All right. Well, that's it, boys. We did it. Podcast is back. You listening, bastards. Hope you enjoy See you next week or next, next week. month. Whatever. <laughs> Who knows?